And I'm here. Well, that ended perfectly. <laughs> I wasn't listening yeah. to the actual stream. So, uh, what episode is this? 19. Excellent. That's one of the uh, the things that I want to start in the audio is actually saying the, the date and the episode number, the show number. So this is 2020-09-16, episode 19. One of the weird reasons I wanted to start saying things like that is because sometimes there is, uh, sometimes things can be detached between like the thumbnail and the title and stuff like that and the actual audio itself. I had an issue the other day when going through, uh, like I'm, I, I have a backlog of shows to edit and I'll get to that, but I, because I've got a backlog, some files had, were shuffled around and I mentioned this last show and one of the annoyances was I, I wasn't sure what the episode number and date of one of the shows was. I'm like, okay, well I have this missing gap. It might be there, but I wonder if I have duplicate audio and for some, like, and it was just very confusing and I had no sign for any of the, the, the folders that I had as to what their content was supposed to be. I was just kind of assuming things were lined up correctly. So I had to go and listen to, I think four different folders. They were, they all had names, but one was a question mark. So one or two could have been swapped around and I want it to be, you know, I want it to be correct. And so I have to listen to, to chunks of the audio manually just to see if, well, maybe one I processed and, uh, it's been chopped a little bit, so um, the length is going to be different. Maybe that's why they're different. Maybe, maybe, maybe. So I had to kind of hunt around. It was rather annoying. So actually identifying like, a, I don't know, what's the term? It, it's like watermarking, but you watermark inside of an actual audio file to give it some information. Anyhow, so that's that's something to, I guess, improve. Maybe, uh, I'll, I'll write that in the checklist right now. Okay, and I'll just edit out my clickety-clacking after the fact. So um, I'll get right to it. So last show, um, I had been talking about my mood, and I had been talking about pasta and bacon and all this kind of stuff. It's been a running theme, and it's just because it's it's so weird, and it's on my mind, and stuff that I'm engaged with is stuff that I can easily reach for to talk about. It's interesting for, for me at least. And it right after explaining all of that is when I got disturbed and got to experience that, that irritable effect. So I'm not entirely sure how to go about apologizing to the people I was mad at. Because uh, it's still their fault, <laughs> so I I made a I made my little kindly be quiet and don't do laundry right now sign with a red border. Maybe they'll see. The only thing I can think of is that they, the 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 sign that I wrote wasn't seen. <laughs> Just like I can't comprehend how that's even possible. Like a handwritten note stands out. So what? Um. So, but this is the source of arguments is, um, each party makes dumb assumptions about the other. And so I'm going to guess that they were dumb 
and don't have any field of view and somehow missed seeing a handwritten note. And that's the only thing I can think of. And so they were playing pretend like uh, I, this note should have been there permanently for the last however many days. But I, I overturn it like uh, beginning of the day and make sure that it can be seen during the day. And uh, I specifically put uh, I specifically chose not to plant my laundry there as a way of reserving the space. And uh, I get, I mean, my intuition was correct. I should have just put a basket of laundry there because that's the biggest obvious landmine. That is okay as a way to reserve a laundry room, but leaving a note apparently isn't. So, yeah, I'm right. Um, and but this is a, a grand example of the kind of fumbling idiocy that happens when i mean you, you're not loud about everything all the time so one of the things i do want to do is get um i, I actually looked at this so my ever expanding amazon wish lists and i'm so happy that i can have more than one and apparently i have no limit because i've got i don't know a dozen different lists um, on my ever-expanding list, I added uh, science. So I can have, like, recording science. And the one that I'm thinking of is... Uh, there's there's some, like... You know how in hotels, at least in Hollywood hotels, you got the little door-hanging signs? Um, there are some that are already made as recording signs, which, which was hilarious to see. And it must be fairly inexpensive to print this stuff. Um, but of course they're charging like $20. Uh, so that's 20 Canadians. So I don't know what that is in, in freedom dollars. And so I might get a couple of those. And surprisingly, there are LED lit signs that are about the same price. The problem is where are you going to hang something like that? And it's a little bit obvious. So I might like, I might do something like hang it over the front door so that people aren't slamming the front door and put something in the laundry room and something like that that's a little bit nicer and professional but while i was at it I'm like okay well now that i'm thinking in terms of signs and it's just like i had mentioned some time ago when if if you're moving in or you're moving out never have your hands empty when you're moving from room to room it's a great way just to clean your space like you're going upstairs anyway you're going downstairs have some dirty dishes in your hands you're swinging past somewhere, just shuffle something from an incorrect room to a room where its home is somewhere in that room. So you kind of move things around. And that way, when you actually go and you, you're, you're in a particular room, like you're nesting in a particular room for whatever other reason, all the stuff that belongs in that room is at least there so that when you're doing breaks, even those couple of minutes or whatever when you're kind of faded and you need to to kind of change gears you need to sharpen the saw whatever and it but it's one of the really short ones where your mind just wanders you can actually just reach around your immediate room and move things even closer towards where they're supposed to be it makes your life really easy because uh, normally when people think about cleaning it's or let's just call it tidying because i separate the two so normally when you think about tidying, you, you, you identify a room that you want to be quote unquote tidy and you would go into it 
and you would take all the stuff that doesn't belong there and you would push it someplace out into another room or maybe a hallway or something and great now your mess kind of follows you around the house and then you have to wander throughout your house trying to figure out like what stuff doesn't belong in what room but if everything was already in that room and there was nothing else in that room that didn't belong all you'd have to do is you'd have that you could enter into that room close the door and and that's where everything is and you can just putter about in this with a short leash instead of wandering around your entire house like you're uh, migrating um, so that makes life quite a lot easier there's an equivalent there's an equivalent when you're let's say shopping because window shopping has turned into kind of like online browsing and one of the successes of uh, of any good store but i think amazon is really the one that pushed this very successfully very early on it set the bar is the idea of recommendations and this is very much like uh, if you're walking the wiki is the term if you're going through wikipedia you click from link to link to link and suddenly it's two in the morning and you're learning about the the history of voles or something really odd and it's it's interesting right it's interesting interesting your brain is getting fed and and well obviously it's a it's you don't want to make a habit of that but let's imagine that it's a friday that you that you stayed up through into saturday two in the morning well if you had no other plans if your saturday is not ruined it's interesting and there's an equivalent for window shopping now where you would go through recommendations and i do that to i research ideas so i was researching signs i'm like i'm trying to think of the language of the topic you know, well what other things and and I could sit there and meditate on the topic and maybe take notes, pen and paper, kind of as a way to figure stuff out. That is old school and rather ineffective, at least for me. But I, I could imagine doing that. My equivalent is poking around until I'm reminded of, of the, the right words. Because I don't have the right words right away for all things all the time. Sometimes I have to like circumnavigate the entire topic before I can remember how to remember the phrasing and stuff so i could think of well like i literally the first thing i typed in is like the thing about the internet is you can be really blunt and you'll because there's so much variety so much population now you'll probably get results as long as you're not like looking up information that is tied to social things um, you're probably going to get something if it's a product you're looking for you're probably going to get it if it sounds like it's something other people would use it doesn't have to be a big market if it sounds like something that could be made it, it's probably already made and there's a lot of circumstances where you can get it made and i'll get to that so i actually went typed in an amazon search recording sign and you know I wasn't sure what I was expecting, but I actually got little signs that say recording and then I got LED signs and then I got, uh, you start getting dumb, expensive things, but okay, well, and I, I started drifting. Well, signs, signs, you know, I've got a posted note on a door if I'm expecting a delivery to ask people to knock, like if, in case I'm not sitting right sitting on my step and i'm expecting some delivery because we all get stuff delivered from amazon these days if we don't want to go out to the mall or whatever thanks to the times 
And so I'm thinking, well, hey, what can I can I get like a no solicitation sign? That's got to be really common, right? And I'm looking through the signs and looking through and they're really rude and a lot of them are sarcastic. That's just that might be me in person when I know other people. That's not going to be me writing it on a sign for everybody who drops by to see how much of an insufferable ass I am. I don't, I don't want that for strangers. So, but I do need to convey certain things and yet it, so I have to be polite. I don't need the long, uh, it's like the list of stuff like no sales, no. And it just goes down the list of stuff. <laughs> and like, I don't need a bullet pointed list and I don't need a dumb font, both of which are, are big problems for me. And I, so I found some, it's like no solicitation, a little heart. Thank you. Like that, that conveys everything I want. That's, that's reasonable and polite. There are even some that you can stake into your lawn, for example, so that people don't walk up to your door, don't quite notice things. And this is why uh, sometimes signs, like I, I actually had somebody knock on my door and they were, they were leaving. I'm like, that was confusing because I opened the door. I'm like, hi. <laughs> and they had to turn around and explain that they didn't read the sign because it's just a handwritten note, right? It's off to one side, perfectly reasonable. This is somebody that's kind of on autopilot, knocking on doors. Now that it, it would have saved us both some time if that person was told right up at the front walkway kind of thing, your driveway or wherever least your front door, your side door, wherever you are. If, if there was a sign right there, person wouldn't have to turn up onto your property to actually, to find out at your front door, that there's a, a polite little sign. Cause I don't want to have like, you can get vinyl stickers that go right on your door. And I'm thinking, well, that's, you know, that's something I would do if, if I was my like 19 year old self, I, I just, plaster it on my door like one of these go away things and uh it's, it's a little i don't want to say unprofessional what how would we describe it in our regular life it's it's somehow uh we have the capacity to be regal now if we really choose to to kind of rein it in and be be just so if we align things up the right way, we can, you know, just like you can have good posture, you can dress well, you can be polite, you can, you can be calm and all these, you can actually control these things and have a, a willed presence. And so you don't need to have the, the conspiracy board of signs all on your front door saying all this stuff. Things can be nice and polite and simple. And so I actually did find a really, yeah. see, I guess my style is very different. It did take me a while, but I did find a really nice, polite kind of like wood and brass thing. Now, of course I have nothing, I'm not going to permanently affix it to my front door. So I kind of want it to one side. I'm thinking, well, now leftover knowledge from other things. Like I wanted to hang a mirror, but I'm sick and tired of punching holes in my wall. So I went looking and I found double-sided tape and I, I know about double-sided tape because I accidentally bumped into it and I was just looking through the aisles of one of these little hardware stores. I'm like, I didn't know you could like, 
I don't, I wouldn't think you could trust a mirror to be hung by tape. Like I'm old, right? So I didn't fully grasp the idea. So it, it was, there was a time when that was a new thing to me. And it's one of those, oh, well, of course it's possible, it, like science and stuff. And of course it's, there's more than that because there's weight limits and it should be padded because your wall isn't necessarily flat, et cetera, et cetera. But I had recently looked into that because I want to put up another mirror because my previous one kind of fell down because reasons. It, I'm really glad it didn't break. Um, but it's, no, so I want to put something nice in now that I'm in that mood. Uh, when I, I, I moved this one time and I just leave, left a, I had a really nice mirror and had it hung for me. And I didn't actually take it with me when I moved. Um, it, it belonged where it was put. It was very nice. And it's just been a theme for me to have like a mirror in a certain place. And I miss that. So I want a mirror. But the double-sided tape thing, I'm thinking, well, I know about hanging it indoors. I know there's indoor-outdoor double-sided tape. I'm thinking, well, maybe I can use that to affix, to pseudo-temporarily affix uh, like a, a no-solicitation sign. Okay, well, that's good. But, you know, th there's two things that I want to convey. The first is no-solicitation. And although that's kind of a simple idea, we had somebody come by and, and be like, well, I'm not soliciting. I'm not trying to sell you anything, but I, I'm just looking for a donation for the hospital kind of thing. Like, okay, well, that is, that is exactly what you're soliciting for. And so there's always going to be the odd, you know, I'm an, I'm an exception. I'm, I'm selling Girl Scout cookies and stuff like that. And there are no solicitation signs that say no solicitation unless you're selling Thin Mints. It's like okay that's cute that's cute but it's saying too much i don't want to have too many words but you're i'm gonna have to occasionally have these these awkward conversations where it's like no no you are actually soliciting by the way and you know th thank you no thank you um and i will be educating people that drop by and i guess the other thing is um i don't again i want to have things simple so there's really no way for me to also ask, please don't leave flyers. Uh, I really don't like the idea of people like, uh, you know, some people you've got a front doormat and you'll get junk mail stuffed under there. You'll get it jammed between your doorknob and your frame or, or hung off your doorknob and stuff like this. I, I hate that. I almost never respond well to any kind of advertising under any circumstance. Um, I will use ad blocks uh, simply because I don't want brands to tarnish their reputation to me because if a brand shoves itself in my face, however, quote unquote, subtle it might be, it's probably going to be something I'm going to avoid. I'm very, I'm resistant to that way. Um, so, so I, I, I mean, I have to have this balance of minimalism on a sign. But it, like I said, there was two things I wanted to convey, not just no solicitation, but deliveries, because I want deliveries to, to actually drop packages off in a specific place and to actually knock. And one of the problems is I, I really can't stand when, well, you'll get different delivery people depending on where you live or depending on what service and stuff. And if it's consistent, you can train that person to 
to interact in certain ways. You know, you have a, a regular and the regular knows to knock. Well, you're not going to have that if you have a lot of deliveries from a lot of different places. Like for, for a while, Amazon was like using Ubers or something weird like that, where they'll have like a random driver. So I, I have people that, that tell me about these things where sometimes it's UPS and sometimes it's Purolator, sometimes it's regular post and, and it's like a mysterious driver on a Sunday coming by and dropping something off and half of them won't knock and half of them will like put the packet in a weird place. Like I had a package around the side of the house where there's a garage door out, out in that direction. They're like, this looks like a house door. I'll put it out here. It's got like junk in the way. And, and it, I just happen to be walking around that side of the house when I notice these packages that are there. Oh, well, yeah. So, so I'm also thinking about having a, you know, a deliveries, please knock sign, which apparently is also a thing. And custom signs are a thing, kinda. They're not really very good. It's one of those things where in old times, I'd just have somebody carve something out of wood and it would look really quite well, quite good compared to all these other things that would be, it would present well. And so I might have uh, mismatched signs, which kind of bothers me. I don't know. And while I'm at it, I looked up house numbers and you just, I just get lost. Like what things do I hang on the front area of my house? Cause I've got letters that are out there, but they're, uh, kind of hanging askew and the paint is peeling off the, like the metal numbers. And, and it's just like, well, do I want to have the street name on there? I found a place that does custom signs. I'm like, oh, it's actually quite, quite inexpensive. I'm thinking, well, you know, I don't want it affixed to siding because I don't want to try to screw things into siding. It just seems like a, a bad idea. So weatherproof double-sided outdoor tape. Awesome. And then I'm thinking, well, cost after cost after cost, just because I'm curious about that. So, so yeah, that was my rambly train of thought. I do want to wrap up the 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 mood thing apparently yeah i i'm pretty sure i it's pasta i don't know what's going on but i have confirmed that pasta as meals absolutely wrecks things i don't think i didn't try i didn't have any like bacon th throw bacon with grease in pasta which i have in the past so maybe that's part of it maybe it's a time of day thing maybe it's a like whatever but it's not a carb thing, I don't think. Um, so it could be like long-term internal, I'll call it damage of some sort that would change things. So I have to, I have to change my diet. So, well, that's, that's an interesting thing, interesting thing to learn about. So who knows? Um, and what was also interesting is, I mean, these being the times, I had to pay really close attention to, to like for a while we had households, like I knew people where the household was really getting paranoid and everybody was buying thermometers and stuff like that. It sucks because I took a couple of passes at trying to buy a thermometer, like I literally, I think it was 2018 or something like that. And they just wouldn't arrive. And like, oh, this is, so I'd order again, contact the seller, all this kind of stuff. And, and it wouldn't arrive. I'm like, oh, okay, wait a second. 
and I went and looked up the the actual regulate the Canadian import regulations, and I looked and I'm like, oh right, mercury. <laughs> We're not allowed to import mercury, which is really annoying because I think mercury is pretty. I just want to have a mercury thermometer because it's authentic and, you know, the perception of it being old timey and having this, like this comfort to it, things like that. So I always, I just want to have that in a toolkit. It's not like that's going to wear out or anything like that. Um, so I, I ordered more than once and I think I lost some money ordering thermometers. They're actually cheap. And so I know households that were paranoid about that. And I got a, like a baby thermometer, but at least it works. And the mood thing seems to be associated with a body temperature thing, because I noticed, I've noticed throughout my childhood, well, let's call it youth, right? So late teens and early adulthood that I would sweat when I'm stressed. And I also had, I had a damp back. Of all things, it's I don't. If I get hot, I don't sweat out my back. I sweat out my armpits, and it it was weird because I had that kind of sheen on me, and it, showering twice a day gets rid of that kind of thing, right? So, but I was I had a foul mood and all this kind of stuff. So I attributed it to like my malaise, not showering as much as I ought to, and that's why I was kind of like I associated the 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 kind of back sweat and slight temperature to just being in a funk you know you put off showering in the morning for showering in the evening and think and so you're going to be muggy during the day and that's what i thought it was but but i took my temperature again because the times were thinking about these things so i took my temperature i'm like oh i've got a, a for for uh metric so the body temperature the the our government recognizes 37 celsius as being a as starting the range for fever and i was 37 so I'm like oh am i going to die <laughs> it's what everybody starts thinking now but no um, if it solved itself like right away next morning tested myself tested myself went and cleaned my my room and actually it was a good workout because i was lifting my bed up on stilts and I don't know if I've talked about that. I think I must have. Ooh, I can control F. Hang on. I don't think I've talked about that. Ooh, I really should. I haven't. Oh, this is that's going to be an interesting one. Okay, so... So, and that gave me a bit of a fever, but that's expected. So otherwise, so I'm fine, right? So I, I stopped eating the pasta. I switched to my regular stuff and I seem to be, I seem to be doing reasonably well, although it's probably going to take me another couple of days. I was thinking of canceling this show because I wasn't sure where my mood would go and if my mind would work properly because the the wandering the healthy wandering mind that i have had with the previous shows i'm i wasn't sure if i could reproduce it and and the previous show did we did we end our previous show early i kind of remember we did but i can't remember so memory goes as well which kind of sucks um but I, and i still might want to call this one early just so that i can I didn't even eat this morning. I just kind of drank 
Diet Pepsi and stuff like that. This episode is not brought to you by Diet Pepsi. So, yeah, let me let me talk about this belt thing. Okay, no, not belt. Why did I say belt? Bed. Wow, I just typed phonetically. Okay, so. So, I've I've, I've got a bedroom, and if wow, where does the story go? Okay, so back when I was young, what I would do with my money is because I didn't. We when we're young, we don't quite prioritize money very well, so I spent it on entertainment, and this was early internet days, so we didn't have like, we had piracy for movies, but we didn't have hard drive space so it kind of wasn't a thing because you'd have to spend the money on the hard drives and you may as well spend the money on the dvds because then you get all the special features i went way out of my way it was like it was a major christmas thing for me where i would go and i would make sure that i would get the widescreen edition full screen was actually still a thing back then and i would get special editions whenever i could and i was i was careful about curating what dvds i got so I mean, I brought that legacy with me from place to place, and I have I have actually watched my movies multiple times, and I do feel like the money was well worth, uh, well spent. But I've got these bins full of DVDs, and I wasn't sure what to do with them after all these years, and I know a couple of them are are slightly bad. You know, there's like one place where they hiccuped, and so I, I want to rip them out and put them on hard drives okay now this because some people don't understand so under canadian law we actually had uh, an agreement arranged with the uh i know it's the riaa so for music at the very least we're they they're they get a cut so we sell blank media in canada there's kind of a tax on top of it that tax gets uh get sent off as protection money to this legal organization like not a penny goes to the actual artists but we're actually given permission uh, if we own the the thing to copy it uh, ourselves to make a backup and that's i know that's not a thing in the united states i think it still is a thing in canada and i don't know if it applies to dvds but i don't care because my dvds are starting to fail i want to make them as backups myself I want to continue to own the things I paid for, for forever. There's some restrictions for actually quote unquote owning these things, which is, you know, there's copyright, so I can't pretend like it's mine. I can't share it. I can't, right? I can't broadcast it publicly, for example. Now, nobody's going to complain if I have some friends over and I put a movie on. Theoretically speaking, that's broadcasting but there's probably a number of people. So I can't put it on a projector outside or something like that if I want it to be legal about it. Now, honestly, all these DVDs are low quality compared to the Blu-rays they're being replaced with or online streaming or whatever the heck is, is a possibility now. So it's it's they're kind of there for the special edition features. And that's that's not just like behind the scenes footage and some, some of them have pictures that you can scroll through. That's adorable, man. Again, pre-internet stuff. Some of them are actually combined, um, like they're computer readable and they're regular DVD readable. So you can actually plug them in and get like the Windows 3.1 screensavers or whatever the heck. And that's, that's collectible. But they've also got multiple audio tracks 
Um, and it's even valuable for me to have the subtitles in different languages or subtitles for English hearing impaired and stuff like that. But listening to, like, I've got the, so more contemporary stuff. So the Lord of the Rings the series, the original stuff, not the Hobbit stuff, but the regular Lord of the Rings. I bought it. I bought the super extra special extended editions. I actually want to go get the originals, but I think these DVDs also have, um, they have multiple like uh, director's commentary tracks. Like there's an actor's commentary and a director's commentary, I think. So it's like the total, the totality of those discs, plus the extra the, like separate discs in all these different boxes. It's not even counting the extra discs of stuff, just the alternate audio tracks. It's 33 hours of video to watch. And I've got a pile of DVDs like that. Okay, so they're in bins. So they're taking up space. <laughs> and they've been there for a long time. And it costs money to buy a new hard drive. And I need to get better software for doing the ripping because I don't quite like what I've got. And that costs money. And so what I decided to do is I decided to look up what it would take to take my bed and pull it up. And the manly man thing to do is just get a get four cinder blocks for each of the posts in a bed and some of the larger beds will have a one in the middle and but some are really weirdly designed so whatever you would figure out how to lift stuff up but i, I wanted to be a mature adult about it i just didn't have access to cinder blocks um, that i didn't want to damage the carpet and all this kind of stuff so I went on my little walkabout through Amazon. You know, you're bored at whatever o'clock in the morning. Or in my case, my case, um, doing audio processing, just the, there's like, you set stuff up and then you press go and it walks through an audio track and it does certain stuff. And then I have to go back and I have to do, so I've got a checklist of, of like eight different things. And, and it's like in five minutes and I tap, tab out to something else. So I shop. I shop in between these processing times and I went looking and looking for like, well, there are these things specific for raising furniture, but they're like three inches and it's wood. And some people are saying, well, these plastic ones, they don't work. This one cracked and there's product after product and they're all suspicious nonsense. I want something that's, that's solid. And I kept looking and looking and I did end up ordering something, although I, I don't regret it. What I have works, but I'm finding other things like you can get um, like this industrial pipe stuff that's meant for um, shelving. And it's like rated at 700 pounds and stuff like that. Obviously, you're going to be screwing that into a stud. And even then, I'm not really sure how much weight you can put on a stud. I don't trust... I don't trust that kind of stuff. And you'd have to figure out how to turn it into like a little platform and okay, well, little stilts for your bed, this kind of stuff. Because I didn't want three inches. I wanted, uh, I wanted minimum, I think minimum six and a half, but seven to eight inches is what I wanted. So what I actually ended up finding of all things is I found these, they're called Save-A-Step, and I, th I'm, I, I don't feel bad about talking about them. 
Although I do want to get another five just in case for like, uh, if I change beds, um, the maximum number of, of legs on a bed uh, until you get into, there's like some bed frames where they actually have an iron bar going all the way around the bottom and they have pegs pulling it up. So they don't have individual posts going to the floor. They actually have like a, a rectangle and it it's it's based off of that rectangle or, or rectangle with a couple of crossbars and stuff like that. So other than that bed, the most number of posts a bed would have is it would have four in the corners and then for every one of the edges it would have an extra one and then for the middle it would have another one so it would have four and then another four and then one in the middle nine and so I, i'm thinking well maybe i should just get nine of these and be done with it like nine and if for life and i'm done and if i go if i move if i buy a new bed whatever and then i'll have i'll have enough i'll have enough for that and so what i did is it got these what they are is they are so for an rv you've got so you've got the body of the rv and it's got a doorway it's like a side door and you swing down a set of steps and so they're like two steps and it's a little bit awkward because depending on how you park and what the landscape is like etc it's basically it's dangling in midair and it's it's fine fine technology and all this kind of stuff but it's a fragile piece of tech and you have people that are heavier or bouncier than others and that thing can break okay it can break and it probably will after enough time so what you could do is you could put down a step ladder but that's those are awkward but there's these things called save a steps and what they are is it is kind of like a it there's a there's a flat square on the bottom and a flat square on the top and in between is a post but it's a solid shaft with a threaded screw and the two the two square ends can be turned to extend to unwind this screw this threading to make it one tall post or screw it back in to make it a short post so it's adjustable between 8 and 12 inches and hey 8 and 12 inches that's exact i wanted eight eight is the minimum that means that this thing the weight promise that it gives at its most minimum because the threads are the thing that are going to strip and compress down if it if it does and this is a bed we're talking about so we're talking about bed and people got to make sure that it's good but it's at its minimum state it there's no threads to strip it's the minimum it'll hold even more than it's rated to. And it's already rated to 1,000 pounds. So the concern is if the bed is kind of, because if you're in a bed and it and you move, so, and if the bed shears, so if it moves on the horizontal plane, so it's got, it deals with all the vertical weight, 1,000 pounds, no problem. But if you just shoulder check the bed, you're going to knock it over just like you're going to knock over a desk or uh, a dresser or something like that because it might be able to sustain its weight up and down you might be able to sit on your kitchen table but you can you can knock it over and if you've got wobbly legs which is really what i'm doing with this because it's like it's basically like a knee it's not connected in the middle it's 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 theoretically unstable um so i'm worried about that so what i did is i just shoved the entire bed into the corner 
uh, for room. Um, I'll, I'll probably do a better way of uh, figure it out a better way, but I just took like I tore apart some Amazon boxes and I just have a couple of little squares so that the, the bed post, which is a little chunky, it butts into that and it's right up into the, to the corner of a room where uh, that edge of the bed can't move at all in two directions. So theor and that those are the directions that are, are I guess the most vulnerable ones. So this, and the arrangement is good. The arrangement is good. What I did, what I thought about ahead of time was I found these, they're, they're actually furniture pads. So some people that have their furniture on floors um, have problems with the, with traction. So they have furniture that slips and even if it slips a little or if it's a little wobbly, uh, they want to have some grippy thing underneath it. And there's all kinds of little cups and there's there's uh like sticky tape stuff with rubber and that's exactly what i got i found these uh they're th i think they're four by four square really well padded really gripped rubber and they're they're like a, they're like a centimeter maybe a little less than a centimeter so like more than a quarter inch of thickness and they affix really solidly and they fit perfectly on top of these the squares for these little save a step. Um, so yeah, put that in and that kind of sorts out some of the wobble and it, it adds friction there. So it's not just one, one flat, shiny metal surface that the bedpost is kind of, <laughs> kind of like sliding around on. It's, it's got some texture now. And so I did that and I bought some spares. I might have to buy another pack of those if I buy some some more of these little save steps. But I mean, the other solution would be what, like car jacks. That's that's definitely going to hold all the weight. Uh, I'm not quite sure how that would work, but and that would like there are things that you would put cars on that aren't the actual hydraulic jack thing that would do would definitely hold all this weight and might actually prevent a bed from moving around so theoretically speaking that might have been an option but what i just did it worked out and now what i figured was i uh i probably created so i had some short bins under there before but by by lifting the bed up i probably created about six feet six square feet of essentially bedroom floor space by pushing my dvd bins yeah i actually have a lot of dvds by pushing them under the bed which i mean for it's been a long time i used to have these in a garage but i was worried about temperature so that's why i rescued them put them i just stuffed them and uh so they've been cluttering my room for like years now and they were kind of like uh sitting there as a landmine every time i would walk in i would sit down at a desk there was this this a crowd of dvds as one big thing to remind me of something that needs to be done and what i was going to do is just rip them all into hard drives and uh then like put the dvds in binders and then get the sleeves out or maybe keep the sleeves in the cases. I don't know. And put those in storage or something. Because now temperature doesn't matter to plastic cases. 
So I was thinking of doing that. Now I can just stuff them under a bed. It's, it is still permanently on my to-do list to buy new hard drives. Now hard drives are up to, uh, I think it's 14 terabytes for something that's commercially available. The, the cost is rather ridiculous. You're looking at, I mean, probably almost $1,000 for that. But for, uh, for 12, 12 terabyte, I hope I didn't say gigabyte earlier. <laughs> for 12 terabyte, it is, um, I think it's a... You said 14. No, no, oh. but for 12, 12. So the thing is, you look at, uh, there's a ratio of price. It It's, what is it, like cost density? I can't remember what the term is. But you look at the price and you think like, okay, well, two costs this much, four costs double that, eight costs double that, right? And so, but you look it up and you're, you're like, well, and it goes, I think in the, the range I'm looking at, it's like eight is my minimum because eight is where I'm at right now for my drives and for my backup drives and for my storage. So I was thinking, well, I'll get another eight. I would free up a pair of fours from previously. Four is pretty good for a whole lot of my DVDs. And so, uh, but I was looking, well, maybe I'll go to the next step, to the next step. And I did the math to calculate the, the cost for how much storage I get. And 12 is the sweet spot. Uh, once it gets to 14, it just goes unreasonable. They're, they'll charge you for, for the extra two terabytes, they charge you the equivalent of three, you know, because it's shiny new. Never buy top of the line. If you get something that's one generation past, it'll still be solid. It'll be tried and true as long as the brand is good, as long as they have a lineage that's good that they're building on. It's not like a brand new shiny new series. If it's a trusted series, if it was top of the line two years ago, it's going to be good now. You're going to, and it was a good price point. So I'm looking at that. It's like, I think it's over $600 Canadian, maybe even seven, but I'm, I'm thinking it's going to be around 600 by the time I buy it. And, uh, the, the, okay. That's something I can save for as a goal. I've got other things to do in life with money like that. Uh, so I, I'm really not happy about that, but I do want to rescue all my DVDs before they die. And it's going to take forever to, to rip them all. And I need to get the special software. And sometimes it's customization for every single DVD that I try to rip. So this is a major project, but it's a chapter in my life that I want to close and you know, have less physical stuff. Um, but the problem is I need to buy two. I need to buy two of these drives so that I can have a backup. And there are, there are now services online that let you do quite a lot of backup online. And I am contemplating developing that relationship with one of these companies because I've got hosting relationships. I've got domain name relationships. I've got, right. So some people have documents online or pictures hosted online and stuff like that. I don't do any of that kind of thing. I don't trust people with my stuff. I keep it private and I will often like, if you're not going to, you're not going to put your family photos in the hands of Instagram only in a circumstance where your stuff could be, you know, somebody somewhere could snap their fingers and everything you've done is gone. If you don't have a backup locally that you actually control, then you don't actually have it. Do you read the agreements for the stuff you sign up for? Even the things you pay for, you may not have the rights you think you do. And I always think like that. And I don't like the idea of, of 
maybe I would have all my stuff locally and then pay somebody for like 12 terabytes of remote backup. And then that's just remote backup that I never, I upload to and never need. But if my house burns down, it's up there. Assuming I can remember my password. That would be a, an awkward conversation. I got locked out of a domain name once because the password didn't work anymore for some reason. Anyhow, that's a, that's a different story. And we're back. Uh, click. We are click. a professional operation here. Okay. Hey, it doesn't go back to 24 hours or whatever for the break. That's cool. What? I have to change the okay. time every time. I have no headphones on. I am totally professional. <laughs> so I have to change it manually every. I just change it manually every time. Yeah, I could probably program that so it's all automated and that. Like this one, that. So, the the number of things that I have on the go is such that I start losing the ability to, to do certain things when I pick up something new. So I can talk about my major projects that are on the go right now. One is this show. Okay. Physically speaking, it is separate from doing the audio editing, which I'm already allowing to leave my head. So I won't understand what compression is or what equalization is. It just, it'll be gone. I'll have to look it up from scratch. It'll be really easy for me to get up to speed really, but, but I'm going to lose it. I'm going to, I'm going to choose to let that go by not revisiting the topic regularly. So what I did is I boiled it into a checklist just stuff I do and I don't think I just go here and I have presets for every single one of these things and I've tested and I've tested probably four times four full times editing full projects and publishing them so I'm confident in the process and I just refined it one last time recently okay so so that's two things but regarding the editing of this show timer so that's Lua scripting now Lua scripting is associated with World of Warcraft because I was originally interested in that particular game. Other than it was popular, it seemed kind of okay. It was terrible graphics and and confusing and all this kind of stuff. But but it's add-on. It's it's user customization for the interface and for other things programmatically is in Lua. And Lua is a really nice simple language and it had been recommended that I learn it before. This was when I was interested in learning to program. It's always been something I've wanted to do, but it, it's something I had to face as one of the things I had to choose to give up in order to go do other things with my life. Uh, it turns out I fell in love with writing, so and that, that was a that was worth the, the trade. So, in order for me to do to to get back into Lua, I'd have to get back into World of Warcraft. But I have to get back into more than playing. I have to get back into the programming side of things. And I'm not a programmer. I keep telling people I'm not a programmer. People give me feature requests and stuff. I'm like, I don't know if I can do that. I have to like research it and then cut and paste. It's, it's kind of what I do. I'm, I'm bright. I'm a really bright guy and I can figure a lot of stuff out, but I just don't understand. Like you want me to fiddle with XML and figure it all. Like I don't understand this stuff, but I, I have several add-ons that I maintain because they're abandoned by their authors. So if I get back into WoW, I have to maintain my applications, like my own customization, then I'll know a little bit of Lua again, and then I can go and I'll probably laugh at how trivial this script is. I could probably redo it, because the style is probably bad. 
I have a very, very particular, very insultingly verbose style for everything. And I have lots and lots of extra space around everything. Things are, are comfortable and then things are lined up in columns. And, and it, it's probably extremely offensive to certain people because I don't just do tabbing. Like Minion, you don't program. And you, have you ever seen source code before? Have you ever looked at it? Oh, wait, are you running off to uh, get something to eat still? So? I'm about to, but I've seen, I've seen like the base, I've done scripting, but I haven't done like, I haven't done like huge repository, I haven't done like, I've done basic scripting, but I haven't done things like a huge... Not, like not a programming language? Like thousands, nearly 10,000 uh, 10, lines. <laughs> well, things. okay, well, hmm. I'm munching on the eggs that are now cooling that I made during the break. Okay, so... So you still want the, uh, you still want the tacos, or...? I mean, do you want some? Because I'm an additional excuse. I'm starting to crave it now. Well, okay. I had to mention it. Yeah, I know. So yeah, if you if you run out and you come back, and um, yeah, sure, I'm 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 fine with that. Um, and we'll just kind of run off, and not a big deal. Um, okay, dokely. So yeah, yeah, go whenever you want. I'm fine with that. So, and I'll keep rambling. So regarding the programming. Um, so it'll be as, as if I wasn't even there. Yes. I just won't try to ask you things and expect any response. I'll expect an even less intelligible response from the empty mic. <laughs> from your from your empty chair. Now I should just play music and, and walk off. Lock the door. No, you just make, make me talk over me. I, I probably couldn't even tell if there was music playing. <laughs> so you'd just be trolling the crap out of me. I come back and post him like, what the heck? I would get really mad. Actually, I wouldn't get really mad because uh, I have my own private recording that you can't do anything to. So, this is not a suggestion. Okay, so what was I talking I was talking about programming. And this is the kind of thing that I would share. But the thing is, my programming life and my like writer life and the podcasting life are they're they're all separate things. I might mix my writer life with this only on because I've got my own YouTube channel that I've abandoned because it's it's I shuffled I shifted my my interests out here. So my own I would normally talk like this with specific topics in mind and put my face on camera and that would just be a video. And it might be like a 40 minute video or something like that. So I, I, in that sense, I have the writer, the real me out, out in my own stuff. And I, so this is separate and the show is separate. Um, I can't remember why I was talking about that, but yeah, so I've got, I have other stuff that I had to kind of like let fall out of my head and I have to be pretty selective about what I, what I do and every once in a while something really interesting will come along like the phone thing was interesting like and I'm done I have all the stuff I need um, I think the last problem I want to solve is why the heck is my phone not ringing when, when people are calling me like I, I was sleeping and I ended up having two messages and it was really weird because 
because I didn't hear the actual phone ring. So I'm not sure if maybe they're doing some magic to go straight to voicemail or what's going on. But but I'm other than that, uh, I'm done with the phone. I've solved all my problems. I have to interact with one of the developers with one of the pieces of software some more and or a couple and like I'll have little I'll diverge to other directions so I learned about like color contrasts for interface elements and and I did my research on this uh, the bedpost thing and I'll have to go back to DVD research for ripping those DVDs and then I'll, I'll you know I did my mood research maybe I'll research pasta some more or something weird like that you know go to go to the Oracle that is Google and type in pasta mood and then pick some pick some bad things be like pasta mood anger <laughs> and, and and see and it's the internet so you ask you ask google anything it'll just give you something because there's some combination of people out there that have talked about stuff there's actually a trick i can't remember what the game is but the game is if you can give google something and it gives you zero results you win that that's the game I've actually done that a couple of times. It's kind of hilarious. So, um, it's sometimes when I'm research, researching certain things. So sometimes when I'm when I'm trying phrases, when I don't know the language and I'm just trying stuff, I will find some combination of words and I'll just use natural language. Uh, <laughs> old Google used to make you do like keyword and keyword and it was and most people didn't understand how any of that worked so they modified things to have uh to allow you just to type in whatever random phrases and it would it was it's really good but you use double quotes and there are ways of using this is just google ways of using it rather intelligently so so okay i can't remember what i was talking about so that was so for programming um I got kind of okay with with Lua, kind of okay. I got to kind of do some stuff. I don't understand the add-on side of stuff for programming, but I understood a little bit of the Lua stuff. And I had also tinkered with it for um, multi-user dungeons. So they're called MUDs or MOOs. Uh, I can't remember what MOO stands for. And these are text-based games. Um, I, I had plenty of fun. And the, the programming side of that is you can automate certain action reaction stuff and uh so you can you can have triggers that perform certain actions that print certain stuff out and it was it was fun to figure out i had a lot of fun i did it in both lua and in uh, ruby ruby was the thing that i really wanted to learn it didn't work out i should have picked python now ruby is kind of dead in the water now um, because it, it lacks a compiler really that's the thing that it lacks I have to glance over a chat. That's Minion's job. I have to make sure that there aren't too many people chatting. And I'm just going to be a, be a, a brutal dictator if anybody trolls me, because I'm I'm not going to be a very good judge of character. Minion's the nice one. <laughs> well, Minion is himself. So, okay. So what else have I have I not talked? Okay, so. Um, I know the times are very strange and a lot of people are using delivery services and a lot of things are taking a lot of time. I know there are Americans. I keep hearing all these, these, I, I wouldn't call them horror stories, but it's an expected delay. And honestly, if you're ordering stuff overseas from warehouses that are overseas, right? 
it's going to take your time. Now, I've got a couple of ways to order stuff direct from places in China. And I, that was a thing, you know, I bought all my knickknacks. You're like, well, you know, maybe I should order like a pack of uh, safety pins just cause, and maybe I should order, um, like I've got a tape measure here cause I still can't quite understand the entire, like metric imperial conversion thing for measurements. So if I'm ordering stuff online, I don't know what five inches means. I'm like, okay, that's, and I can, I can gesture in certain ways and I understand widths between fingers as certain measurements. And, but it's, it's really nice for me to pull out a tape measure. And so I buy all this stuff from random places in China, right? Okay. And I know how long shipping takes. I know from over there to in Canada, anywhere, even though we've got like flights and trucks within Canada do really well. Uh, it's still going to take two, three months. Easy, easy. And there can be uh, money back guarantees, but I don't like, you can get your money back if, if things are late. I don't pursue that. I've done it a few times. Um, it's, it's not like I'm nice about it. I don't, I don't want to burn shippers like that. Uh, a lot of them must, it's a really bad idea to sell stuff online. Just don't like you should not do it. You should not have a business based around that because there are too many, um, there are too many protections given to buyers and it's kind of unfortunate and it does end up ruining a lot of businesses. Just it, they end up being not like really unprofitable, like really, and it's a lot of work. So I understand things take time. Okay. But a lot of the more recent ordering that I've been doing has been ordering and stuff is warehoused locally. So it might take three months to get here, but it takes three months to get here. Then it's stored in Canada. Then I order and it goes from the storage in Canada to me and it cut, you know, truck flight, whatever the heck to me. And then it takes, um, a couple of weeks and that's fine. If it takes a couple of weeks, that's fine. And so I don't experience the, the nightmare, the delays, <laughs> the, uh, what the like first world in, ingratitude <laughs> that I've heard from a bunch of other people. Um, so I still order a lot of stuff online and for the first time in a long while, I had a package that was like mysteriously delayed. And there's one of these, oh, well, we're sorry that it hasn't arrived when we expected and like Amazon is pretty good about its, uh, shipping tracking stuff. I, I actually don't know why they put it on their own website, but they do fetch the data from like, uh, for us. So Canada post for a lot of stuff and, but I can go directly to them to check tracking on stuff and I can have them email me, which was really nice. And I may as well talk about it. So one of the things I set up with my phone is I set up certain special accounts and certain naggy alarms and stuff like that. So my phone can actually check email on one particular account and give me notifications for that account. So I can have so my, if my mail gets dropped off and I don't hear them knock or whatever, I'll get a notification on my phone. Hopefully when they get around to updating stuff on their side of things. So UPS is right away and Canada post is eventually. And so that that's, that's nice. But this particular package, it's like not today, maybe tomorrow. Nope. Not today. Maybe tomorrow. And it came in, it came in at a really unusual first thing in the morning time. 
So there was some problem and they, they must have had a spare truck driving around dropping this stuff off special. Now my package was damaged. And you remember how I had been talking about the, the garden hose nozzle. Okay, there's certain experiences that a person goes through where it's a learning opportunity. And it isn't just that you should learn from that opportunity to extend it towards the same kind of thing. It should be broadened more. And I've done a lot of shipping enough and I, I can't remember everything all the time. But, but I learned enough that I took pictures and a video of the package because it was damaged. And if the items inside are damaged, I don't want anybody to say it's my fault because that can make getting a replacement or a refund complicated. You never want to have it boil down to, hey, trust me, I'm a nice guy. Because although I am, that is based on, like that being believed is based on a longer term relationship with the seller or with the, uh, using the protection mechanisms of the website you're buying through, for example. And you don't want to strain either of those things. You want to have good long-term relations with the people selling you things. And you want to have consistent, uh, consistent, solid use of the platform. I'm pretty sure, for example, that I pissed off um, Walmart because I actually got an, I actually had their number and I would actually physically call them for certain things because certain stuff. I can't even remember why, but I must have been annoying. I must have been one of these annoying people. And I'm pretty sure that they looked at my account and flagged it and went, well, these kinds of things we're not selling to you anymore. And those things were mysteriously unavailable. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, oh yeah, well, I, I moved away from Walmart anyway, anyway because uh, what Walmart did is they changed how they sold stuff online. So it isn't that I that I want fresh groceries, but they don't sell that in Canada. Um, and uh, that I mean, that's true, but I'm not going to get fresh delivery from any place except some local specialist place or farmers markets or something like that, if you're willing to go kind of out of your way. Um, but uh, Walmart shifted their concept of favoriting items and they moved it the interface they moved so far out of the way and it's annoying because it was my industry understanding this stuff you would think that you would okay i go to a website that has lots of stuff i i go to go to a website find the search bar which should always be at the top it should always be obvious i shouldn't have to click a magnifying glass and have it unfold on me i shouldn't have animations i just go to the top click into a text field, type it, type, press enter. Okay. And then it gives me search results from this. And the search results should be related to what I typed in. Um, and the thing is some websites put in advertising and stuff like that, and, you know, sponsored results. Okay. But I should be able to click on a product, visit the full product page. And then from that product product page say, well, I want to buy it now, or I want to add it to my cart, or I want to favorite it for later. I should have that functionality. Walmart doesn't let me favorite there. I have to go to this separate area, search for the product by name specifically, and then I can favorite it from those separate search results. And it's in a, like I had to call them to walk a person through the procedure to ask them like, how 
Like, did you take away favorites? How do I, the only way that I could actually find my favorite stuff was because I happened to have a bookmark. I couldn't find it in the regular interface. They changed things. They removed the little heart symbol next to your product image. <laughs> like maybe they fixed it by now, but for a long time it was just gone. So you know what I did is once I could figure out how to get to my favorites list, I bookmarked all those items. I looked all those items up on Amazon and, th and that's it. I'm done with Walmart. I walked away. And there are things that I wanted to buy on Walmart for forever. Just, you know, you, cause you could buy individual cans and stuff like that. And they would all come indented cause that's how Walmart sends all their stuff. They, all the things that get returned or they get wrecked in shipping or whatever, they'll just ship out to me. Cause what am I going to do? Right. They'll just claim that it was dented in shipping, which it may well have been, but I have to physically bundle it all up and walk over to a store and get a refund there, which is not really doable. And I'm sure there are plenty of people who they order because that's what's possible and because there's no Walmart nearby. So Walmart's kind of like being nefarious about uh, getting rid of all their canned goods. And maybe they, they started running out of dented stuff to send to me. So they're like, ah, well, this is out of stock. No, we don't have dented cans of tuna in stock right now. <laughs> Sorry. So I just went to Amazon and the limitation of Amazon is, is they don't quite do little things. They have add-ons now. And at, that was a really good thing to see. Amazon has so many really excellent features. I mean, I understand that they're evil and all this kind of stuff, but, um, yeah, I got no problem with it. I'll poke around with them. And if I, and one of the problems is when you're poking around Amazon, there's a helper for this that I have bookmarked, but I forgot it. That'll actually walk through all the different Amazons, like Amazon.ca is where I shop. And there's Amazon.com, which tends to be the United States, right? And the prices are different and the prices can be extremely different. So I might actually be able to order something up from the United States. And then there's like a guarantee, there's like a, uh, what would you call it? Um, like the border taxing type stuff, they can have a, a guaranteed amount where that's what I put in. And if it's less, I get my money back. If it's more, I don't pay any extra, which is great. I want to know the prices up front. And so I can actually be like, well, it's a much lower product price in the United States, a uh, significant shipping price. It might be free in Canada, significant in the United States to ship. And there's an extra border fee and that but that total might be less and I might have to wait more, but there are these tools where I could go through all the different Amazons and it's cheaper to do it certain ways. I don't know if that's going to be the thing anymore, maybe ever again, but, um, it's something to keep in mind. Amazon's got so many other features. Um, the add on program that lets me like buy a single box of cookies. Well, usually it's like limit minimum of two, that kind of thing but I can just throw that into my cart, round it up to in Canada, it's $35 before you get free shipping. And then you would, then you can get these little items. We can't do that for like a can of pasta. You got to get a, a bunch of like 12 and there's a whole lot of stuff I can't order online. So I still do certain stuff in stores. I'll physically go to a Walmart, but I'm going to do that anyway for whenever I get fresh goods, which is less and less though. Now I'm, 
I'm becoming less dependent on these sorts of things. I wonder if that's Minion coming home with, um, with food. One sec, let me check. Is that Minion? So, bad news. Oh, crap. What? The lineup took way too long. Oh, so you just abandoned it and left? I abandoned it. <laughs> I'll just go back later. I mean, were you fixated on that particular, like, business? You could have gone to some other place, I suppose. It just wouldn't be the same. <laughs> Craving's a craving. Find yourself like a Mexican place and just be like, hey, I am. You were second best. Second, uh, I can't remember what the term would be. Second pick? Next runner-up. Yeah. Which? <laughs> Which, I'm sure you get blank stares going to an actual pseudo-authentic place and be like, you know, I wanted to go to Taco Bell, but I guess I'm going to have to <laughs> in there. I'm guessing we yeah. have to spend four times as much buying quality. Well, what you gonna do? Oh, I need to eat more. One sec. Right, being the only person that talks. And then we're doing the other guy just disappeared. Well, I mean, I'm I'm not like shoving it in your face that I actually have half an omelet. But theoretically speaking, like you can have my bacon and eggs for all it matters and make your own. Um. There's, <laughs> Um, what was I talking about? So, I mean, I understand that Amazon is making a spectacular amount of money, uh, things being changed the way they are. I'm, I don't know if they're actually going to be doing drone delivery or anything weird like that, which would be hilarious. You get like, um, instead of delivery trucks, you kind of have like aircraft carriers that drive down the street with little drones. I think that would just be awesome and strange. I mean, yeah, that's, that's, I'm sure that there is some science fiction movie somewhere that kind of had that subtly thrown in there. What would be the equivalent? Fifth Element. Good movie. If you haven't seen that, you should probably see that. I know Minnie and I made you watch that. It's a good movie. You do get to see uh, Mila Jovovich topless. Which, I mean, was was quite... She's been topless in, like, a few things. Oh, she's a model, right? Like, she was a proper At model. This point, it's like... Like, she, so she was an actual, like, high-end runway model. And, which is why she was just so thin. Which is... I actually don't like that. I know there's a lot of women who are all, like, uh... They, they have this problem with comparing themselves to what they perceive as an ideal. Because that's how they think. And so they think men want runway models, but that the stick figure thing there is like a really, it's really odd because that's not, that's abnormal. That's atypical. That's, it's weird. And I don't walk down the street and I don't see that kind of human at all. And so I, it's, it's, so when somebody, so when, when a model comes up on the screen, for example, because there's a lot of crossovers that are happening, you, you want a pretty face, you pull it into a movie. And th these, are, these are people that can be trained as actors, they can do well enough, and occasionally you, you do better than average or you have a role really suited. So the Lilu role for Mila was perfectly suited because she was a, a young in, in terms of acting. And so it was kind of like a dumb role where you can put a, a, an, uh, an inexperienced kind of uh, actor into that role. So it worked really well. But because she came from the modeling terrain, and it, 
and she was interesting to look at because that's just really i mean it's not freak show weird because these are people that are that are selected in that in the modeling industry but it's definitely atypical and definitely kind of interesting so um she's pretty in the face but uh but but there's a lot of model bodies that are just odd so women have this this weird yeah <laughs> i don't think they i don't think they understand yet i still need to choose some more hang on yeah this was a bad idea <laughs> i should have just tried to wolf it and kept our break longer rather than torture and now we know well well i knew i was hungry going in i just didn't i thought maybe i would have like a a pepsi and the caffeine would be an appetite suppressant or make an actual cup of coffee and now that i think of it maybe i should have put a cup of coffee and put some chocolate whole food in it and that would be my substance but the risk the risk of doing stuff like that is like the combination of coffee and whole food um i'm so the powdered food not mixed correctly could actually be upsetting to a stomach and i could overeat it without quite realizing it but I'm, I'm smart i understand that so i could avoid that but coffee you know a lot of people cough first thing in the morning is will upset the digestion and so that that might mean that in the middle of a show you know i have to go and that's not right so i don't think that i would have coffee during a break because i'm just maybe uh if if I hadn't fasted for a huge chunk of the day before actually starting the show, which is what happened to me, um, then I would be okay. But I know that if I break my fast with coffee, coffee plus um, plus a meal replacement or something like that, that's probably going to wreck me. That's Now, I, I'm not complaining. That's actually a good thing to know. It's a good thing for me to know about myself that if I have certain circumstances, I will get certain outcomes because it's actually quite a good thing for you to have your morning ablutions and you're okay for the day or for most of the day right so i could go out and about and i won't have you know a rumbling in my tummy because i've i've treated it a certain way and it has responded in a way that's natural i'm, I'm not like antagonizing my body into forcing it to react a certain way it's just it it works out i i know I have a plan and things work out so i you know i don't mind that it happens and it's nice that it's predictable for everything it's nice to have predictability even if things are it's the uh, the argument is it's better the devil you know than the devil you don't and this is one of the shortcomings that humans have it's kind of a fear hope problem where you you can work with something you understand well enough that you can you can deal with the problems um and you can so you can make that and if you can you make that your 80 percent time dealing with that including dealing with that bad stuff and hope that you have a little 20 percent time left over to optimize but if you if you replace demons the 80 percent time that you've already optimized might go out the window you don't know and so you might be really burdened and a lot of well like a lot of businesses are like that they don't want to change their software their hardware their procedures things are going well enough um, they're profitable they don't want to experiment at all 
But the thing is, the next company up will see an opportunity through um, like a technological change will come come about. So you'll have um, some disruption, uh, some dif disrupting technology will pop in. And then uh, a new business will be founded to take advantage of that. And it doesn't have the baggage of previous procedures. It just targets the new stuff, the good stuff. And they will uh, dominate and push out. They'll blindside that other business because the other business wasn't willing to change or they didn't have their ear to the ground or this kind of stuff. Um, that reminds me. You know, I watched this one video because I was looking up the 25 changes to Android 10. And so I started getting recommendations for this one dude. I don't mind. He's really well-spoken. And I, I, I like him. I like him. And um, he was talking about um, the war between Google and Samsung, is it? And, and I didn't know. I don't care because... Google, I don't like Google at all, and I pull out their services whenever I can, and I replace them and all this kind of stuff. And I've been quite successful at using the tools cooked into Android against itself because it kind of has to have certain underlying security features. So I'm actually able to force stop and disable a whole lot of stuff. And it, it'll remove the desktop icon. Everything is gone. It's, it's great. Now, uh, apparently, Samsung... Uh, wanted to get away from everything, like wanted to get away from Android itself, which uh, I understand and I approve. And this this uh, YouTube video, the presenter is going over all the different events and comparing all the feature sets. Where you know they're they're trying to make clones of or of certain applications or trying to use alternatives. Like you'll use Microsoft Word online instead of Google Docs and. And there's this other mapping third-party thing instead of Google Maps, and then and on and on and on, and what Google is doing to to uh, be the well the the API, so to be the underlying mechanics upon which all app developers build their stuff. So, for example, using Google as your as your like map your location provider, that's a big thing. But also, so is if you wanted, so if I wanted to transfer from my old phone to my new phone, there's a procedure using Google Drive to push all my data up to one and pull it down. But I can only use Google Drive, which makes absolutely no sense to me because I could just dump it all into like one tar file, stick it on my computer and pull it up on my other phone. Like these are not, this is not hard, but they chose to make it proprietary with their stuff now and this this video producer was was saying well this is how things work and they're making this agreement and things are being smoothed out i'm like no no bro because i know way more than most people so spoiler for people watching this in in the future um at the hardware architecture level like i've said in the past the problem with technology, if you want to improve speed, isn't hardware, it's software. Now, that is not entirely true because there has been behind the scenes a, an understanding that the fundamental philosophies underneath the, the computing technology that we're using is, is off. 
And there have been struggles with certain philosophies in building certain architectures and the way certain CPUs work. There have been certain philosophy that it, philosophies that have branched out to explore certain possibilities. And a lot of other things have been dead ends. And commercially speaking, so production and prices and all the, all the things. And, and they're dealing with like a market that has already kind of metastasized around a certain kind of technology because software compatibility problems and stuff okay so what what they're um there has been an understanding there so there's there's risk and sisk so in computing architecture there is one notion where you would have the cpu educated on performing as many operations as possible as is reasonable and then your program would just would just use all those shortcuts and those were all like little programs built into the cpu to perform certain more complex operations and the cpu is optimized to do those things incredibly well and it it takes some of the heavy lifting away from the programming it makes it all really well optimized makes it right in the bare bare metal and it's great it's a great idea but there's another philosophy which is to reduce them to a minimum amount so you've got a a less complex cpu and it turns out that that is an extremely um valuable philosophy for uh low temperature low power which which is what all phones are and more and more laptops so so a lot of thin books and still like chromebooks and stuff like that are using arm technology and arm is it, it was never a competitor to desktop processors because you can't like run windows programs on arm you just can't it's totally incompatible hardware it's it's speaking a different language kind of thing so that's been a barrier and arm in terms of just raw computing power can't get to what what a traditional like intel compatible processor can do and the intel processors have been so well researched well funded the industry is incredible and expansive and it it just absolutely dominates for everything but power consumption power consumption and heat maybe even size and so the markets kind of diverged where arm is now specialized for all these these thin devices now apple has made a special arrangement because one of the interesting things about arm is that the creators of arm actually have an allowance that lets a a licensee use their technology and make specialized modifications for their own purposes and apple went hard on that they didn't just design their own infrastructure their own processor but they manufacture it as well and that's part of what makes and they know all their insides and they, they don't just don't sell their stuff to other people they use it internally that's what makes iphones so much quote unquote faster than android phones because it's custom right down to the hardware and the operating system really like it's made the the hardware is made for the operating system which is made for the hardware and it's all wonderful so their world their walled garden is really fast now apple is going to be moving desktop pcs to that same arm technology they're going to be doing it and this sort of announcement is the kind of stuff that is way behind the scenes that a lot of people 
don't know about right now. And the other thing is, Microsoft has also been looking at the exact same thing. They've been looking at what it would take to move all of Windows down to ARM because they've, they've examined this thing before, this problem before. They've got the Windows Phone, they've had Windows CE, they've experimented, they've been exploring, and they see the writing on the wall. They see a lot of places will see um, traditional desktop CPUs as being powerhouses for specific applications, but for regular desktops, ARM is now powerful enough that it can do regular desktop computing. Now we're thinking about gaming. We're thinking about gaming and heavy computing purposes. Heavy computing is what? Spreadsheets? Specialized computers don't need these. Like, can't, like, there could be another class of computer that runs these faster processors and be done with it. And everyday people would have these lower cost, power efficient uh, ARM CPUs. Now, I know Apple is moving their stuff, is migrating to ARM because they have a, an engine they 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 kind of sucked at it, but they moved from a different risk over to the Intel platform some time ago, and they just abandoned compatibility with their old stuff. And they made this weird compatibility layer to run their old software on the new technology, the new hardware. And they're thinking, well, our new hardware is faster, so we can run the old software, and that speed difference does doesn't matter. It's we'll make up for that speed problem. Of, of doing the translation, doing the emulation, will make up for that with more powerful hardware. And it's true, and it worked, except their software stunk. It really stunk and it crashed a lot and all these problems. They learned from that, they're gonna do it again, but they're gonna have the, uh, the quote-unquote emulation happens at the install level. So you, you know, you upgrade your hardware, you reinstall, you get a new operating system, and then you install your software, you would just go and you would install your old software. The installer would go, oh, this is what, this is legacy software, would go and it would actually, during the installation process, walk through the software and translate it to the new technology. So when you're running the new, when you're running the that old software, it's been installed. It is just like native software. So you don't have these compatibility problems and you don't have these speed problems. It's just magic. And when Mac figures that stuff out properly, they'll be able to trivially migrate all their users over to stuff. And then they're gonna make laptops able to replace their desktops. For everyday people, your laptop will be running the old technology, like your old software with this new, thin, fast, low temperature stuff. And Apple was absolutely insane about getting at like, you you open up a, a, a contemporary MacBook for example, it's just a battery with like some with some computing gear kind of in the corner somewhere, but it's one big fat battery. They changed to this other technology, lower heat, lower power. They're going to get battery life that is absolutely incomprehensible compared to now. It's gonna be phone levels of battery life on a full laptop. And it's a full a full laptop at full laptop speeds, right? Because ARM is getting better. So Apple is working on new processor technology and new hardware for a MacBook and all this new software stuff. And they're gonna release it all at the same time. 
and it's going to create a product that will be superior to their earlier classes of desktop in a laptop form that has a battery life that is better than a current phone. It will be crazy. So a laptop that lasts all day, just all day. And it's a full laptop and you want a game on it, okay? It'll be it'll be able to do that. And your power temperature problems will be at the graphics card level. It will not be at the CPU level anymore. It'll be gone. And so I know that stuff is all out there. It's all being worked on right now. Um, there have been some murmurs about bits and pieces and I just happen to know that it's all together in one package. Windows, Microsoft, not dumb. They understand these processor changes. I've known about them for so long. It's just an inevitability. When you have simplicity in your hardware, you can improve hardware in some really interesting ways. And it just took some took a while for ARM to catch up. And it's 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 caught up. It's caught up. So Microsoft, I know that they've been working on it's the holy grail is to have desktop plus phone plus laptop all kind of be the same even platform and microsoft has been working on ways of getting their operating system down to be compatible at the phone level and it did not work because they don't have a good product so the windows phones exist but they're not popular i definitely will be going towards something like a windows phone if if i do upgrade once this technology is out but and it's just to kind of like make the idea of running something on your phone versus your desktop to be the same thing i want the idea i want to have a docking phone is really what i want so but uh really what i'm going to be looking at is um a handheld computer so i've got a little laptop for writing because i want a big keyboard but for a general purpose portable computer i will be getting a pyra so I have a Pandora, and a Pyra is just a tiny clamshell laptop, but it's a laptop I can fit in my pocket with a giant battery. And uh, it runs Linux, and it's all open, including the hardware, and it's got the gaming controls, so I can play all kinds of video games, and people are wild about emulation, so I'll be able to play like all my old favorite games, and, and all this kind of stuff. So I could play like my PlayStation 2 games and stuff like that. So that's what I'm going to be getting. So the, the phone stuff, I know I know what's on the horizon. I know where I would be investing my money, for example. So if, if you've got the money to invest, look into investing in Apple as a start, specific for this understanding this stuff, specifically the CPU stuff, if you can get some more specific investments going, if you can get it in ARM itself or in the industries involved in manufacturing or distributing this kind of stuff. Uh, look into the patent holders and back them this kind of stuff um, the the change that's going to be coming in terms of technology is going to be great it's going to take a while for me to be unseated though because i really like where my hardware is at i am very low power low temperature for the contemporary um the contemporary kind of technologies and i'll be i'll be fine for a very very long time uh and I'm certainly absolutely not going to go with a Mac because I absolutely hate uh, OS 10, OS X. Uh, I hate that stuff. I hate all their software. I hate their environment, etc. But, you know, I know it's going to be changing. Anyhow, we're coming up on another break. Uh, we're going to be back in another 10 minutes. I'm sure I've got some more stuff I want to talk about later. So I'll see you soon. And I'm back. I see there was no break music. <laughs>
Oh. <laughs> I keep telling you, you need scene switching. That's something I keep forgetting. Well, okay, write that right now on your to-do list. And scene switching will give you the music at least. I don't know about the fade effects, but I know they exist. I just don't know how they work. I have not investigated that. That's your job. I mean, there's lots of exciting stuff that you could actually do, that you could learn about. And speaking of you learning about stuff, so it's uh, it's oppressively difficult. So I haven't been in a good mood, as demonstrated last show. So I haven't done anything other than some like a basic run through about like a sixth of my processing for one of the shows. I think I'm on episode 15, and I've only done a bit of it. And it occurs to me that I, I actually checklisted it so well that I could uh, instruct you on how to at least edit your side of stuff. Because I'm at the point when uh, it's getting very difficult. And I'm... Man, I... So you, you use an open mic. But you use an open mic and your sensitivity is such that your breathing gets picked up. And uh, I need to actually block off when you speak and uh, blank out large swaths of stuff and and deal with things and it's it's difficult it's getting extremely difficult and pushing that responsibility onto you would help but what would at least help is and it's really easy is giving you the checklist walking you through it a couple of times giving you the checklist on how you can perform the actions exactly as i do on your track so that before you give it to me, what, what you're giving to me is you're giving me two things. One, you're giving me your original audio. And two, you're giving me a copy of that original audio that's been processed with this checklist. And I can take that and I can add my own efforts. I can merge my efforts to that. So I'll have the multiple tracks that are original, not even synchronized or anything, just kind of there. And the other one, which is uh, our, our audio adjusted stuff. And then I can begin the, uh, I will manually do a lot of the other stuff. It would be nice to educate you up to replacing me for all this stuff. Now that I've done all the research, um, the research is done. It's just uh, time at this point. And that time can be shifted to you. And maybe that's um, more your suit. Uh, if I tailor the checklists to you. Even if I have to sit down and make like videos and just show everything, but I can sit over your shoulder and like point at stuff and it's pretty straightforward and we can remote desktop and just show you and show you and show you. And again, a checklist, a bulleted point list, um, walks through and it's just, just perfect. So, um, what are your thoughts on, on doing something like that on, on, cause you had mentioned some interest in starting clipping. I'll just take over that, but or not take over, but reduce a day for you. Well, hopefully, yeah. I mean, even if it's just the basic processing on your end, then that's uh, like an hour saved or something silly for me. Um, mm, I wanted to, while, while I'm talking about audio quality. Okay, so um, I think it was last show. Last show, there was a complaint about my volume. And so I went looking and my volume was set to 100% when normally it would be set to 80. Mm -hmm. That's the recommendation um, from, I, I used to use a previous microphone and I had certain settings in certain ways. I had, pro, I had problems with my old microphone, that's why I replaced it. And I might actually, I still, I need to find the right cable for it. 
but I want to bring that up in, in Minion, get you to try it, because it might be better than your headset. But, but, there are, I mean, because you're not using your computer at the same time, you can like pull back and like fiddle on your tablet, then it, you don't have the vibration problems with it on a stand, because it's, it's really heavy, so you can't put it up on an arm. Um, you can mount it to a wall, vibration issues, right? So, um, to improve your sound quality, because I think it's, it's important. Um, improving the person, you know, the software is probably more important, like getting you to talk. Um, but once we're on camera or once I'm on camera, maybe I can see you, but you're, we're not recording you. Like maybe that interaction will help us like, cause really you remember what we originally wanted was to be up in a kitchen or something and just talk. And that, that becomes impossible if, if there are other people that want to use the space. It becomes impossible if we can't control the audio, if we can't control the, you know, the, the traffic, if the time of day becomes a problem. We settled on a decent time of day, right? And this works. And this would work in a kitchen, but this is exactly when people would want to be, like, cooking. So, so none of it works out. Okay. And when we were, ta when we were talking like that, we would have body language that could communicate better that would give us better breaks to let us not talk over one another or like we'd have expressions and a lot of that is missing. It'll come across in tone, but it's, it's nowhere near the same. So moving to a video might make it easier for you to talk, for me to know when you have something to say, even if it's just, you know, little stuff. And that would be the right direction. So that's the software side of stuff. And then you actually talking would be justification for a, an improved microphone experience. Um, so, I mean, you are free to remind me of any time to just, cause it's just sitting up on my mantle. I need to find a, a cable for it. I know where, but now that I have more floor space, I can find stuff in this room. So I can actually pull up my toolkit. I can pull up my bag of USB cables and I can find it and I can, it's pretty straightforward how you hook it up. It's an, it's, it is its own audio device. Oops. That was me clicking my can. Let's try that again. It is its own audio device. And, um, so it, it kind of auto detects everything. Okay. So, so doable. So I noticed, uh, when I made those changes and improved our stream, I had to audio edit and, and pull up the audio anyway. So the, the stream might have been quieter than it ought to have been. It was normalized up to a, a reasonable height, a reasonable volume level in post anyway, so it's not a big deal. However, in playing game voice chat, uh, people are saying I was really quiet. <laughs> so, so I had to fiddle around. I kind of went back and I'm going playing a little bit of World of Warcraft again. And... Um, uh, we're, we're like a couple of weeks away from new content dropping. So I'm trying to get back into things. And, and so, uh, I was chatting with guildmates and they could not hear me through discord properly. So I had to go and update my settings and I pushed it all back to hundred percent. So things are where they used to be again. And that means technically speaking, I'm maybe I'm pretty I mean, maybe I'm pretty loud. It doesn't matter how I'm recording because the volume is 
is fine there. I can see lots of blue lines, so the recording is fine. But I mean, I sound like you sound fine to me when you talk. Do I sound like I'm shouting or something when you're listening to me? I have or every <sighs> fun times talking. So my how I do my volume setting is on the PC it's set to 50% and then on my headset it's set to 50% as well. And so um it's everything sounds fine. Okay. What I was told so but my sound settings is completely weird. So when I was looking for advice on understanding volume and and so you I threw in a bunch of phrases like uh, how to make a podcast sound better, stuff like that, right? I found all kinds of advice, learned the language of it. And one of the things they said was to like adjust your settings and then go and watch like a YouTube video or something. And you get a music video or you get somebody's content and you hear it and you your, your hearing hears it at a certain volume level. And then you go and record yourself and make sure that that output is also at that same level right and understand where you're normalizing to so that it all comes up to that level because you don't want somebody to, to watch a video or listen to a podcast or something and then need to tweak their volume for you now i don't fully understand that stuff and that's something that that that's actually quite critical to understand so for now what i've done is i didn't i don't have in my checklist fiddling with my volume settings at all and you sound fine so i know your your volume output is correct so i mean maybe discord is pretty smart about stuff but actually that reminds me hang on a second i'm going to look at discord settings because all mine are set to automatic because and i don't have the ability to change your volume which is a little weird so one of the things is um if you set up your own discord channel and you create a, a room quote unquote room where you can invite people to do a voice chat you can actually modify each person's volume in there in that list and um, that feature does not exist when you're just direct chatting with somebody which I mean, I could probably go to Discord and have that suggested because I don't understand why that wouldn't be there. Like, that is really weird. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay, found it, found it. Okay. So, in the top bar of Discord... Oh, you just right-click the face icon. Yeah, exactly. I was right-clicking on the direct messages list, list on the left, which I guess is wrong. But yeah, yeah, so that lets me change volumes. You, you... Let's adjust the volume and direct message. Well, because I'm expecting the left-hand list just to, to work exactly like the left-hand list in a room chat, but obviously not. So this was my second bet. It's not... Uh, a lot of stuff is kind of out of the way. But um, but you're 50% here, so I, I know all the circumstances of my volume for you are all correct. And if the same is true in reverse, where uh, if I sound fine with your settings, then now the problem is post-production doing the normalization. If I were to go and watch, if I were to go right now to lucidindifference.com and I were to click on playlist of all podcasts and I were to click on podcast number four and I were to listen to it, 
and it were to actually buffer. And it were to actually buffer. Yeah, I sound, I sound good. I sound good. Maybe a little bit quiet, but what I would really want to do is make sure. Is this only up to number 10? Are you not populating this uh, list? The pot. You remember there are two playlists that you're also adding videos to? Yeah, I, last time I uploaded was a few days ago, and then it's either yesterday or the day before. It finally occurred to me I haven't been yeah so updating the playlist. You need to add, but I haven't been touch. I didn't touch the account for a while, so hmm. well, it needs to be part of your checklist, right? So right now it's up to ten, which is uh, annoying. So let me just manually go and so I would double check. The most recent one to know that my most recent changes are good if the stream uh, buffering yeah I sound good so and so what really needs to happen is you compare the volume of some random video oh wow other people sound great in stereo and like oh it's somebody else's random podcast that was recommended how strange and I think it's it's a comedian, and I don't recognize that language. It's in Cyrillic, I think. How very strange. That can't be, though. That's like Mongolian? I'm try I, do I can't even understand ethnicity by looking at people. <laughs> I'm like, they're kind of like Northeastern Asian-ish based on this character set as well. Neat. Anyhow, I'm all totally international and stuff. Ooh, she's cute. You, and now I get to hear them actually speak. Okay, so you can't hear any of that anyway, but <laughs> my random surfing, if we were to actually do this live while I was screen sharing, would be the most comical thing. And uh, that's an interesting language. Mongol I was right, it's Mongolia. Ha! I'm awesome. And I definitely feel proud of <laughs> I definitely wasn't blindly guessing. <laughs> See I was Hey, Cyrillic and the way they appeared and yeah. There you go. Time till next break. Are you now doing the the thing? <laughs> <laughs> Checklist, bro. Checklist. Scene changes. I still have the little uh, keypad thing and the software that I can show you and to do the key to do the scene switching. It's it's fallen out of my head, but I've got it all saved, um, including procedures and all this kind of stuff. So um, I am I am capable of getting you up to speed. You have to like you know learn a thing once. Um, what else? Oh, yeah, I guess this is kind of, oh, kind of, okay, so I'm down to some pretty boring stuff, so we might end up early. Um, I, uh, okay, so I'm, I'm learning Frisian, and one of the things about this language is it's not, it's not Dutch, it's a separate language. So separate language spoken in the Netherlands, and Dutch uses uh, the same Latin character set as English. It's missing a couple characters. It's, it's slightly weird, but there's nothing all funny and with accents and stuff. It's just an alphabet. 
and uh, but Frisian uh, is not like that. Frisian has a few uh, characters that that have different kinds of accents, and so I'm Canadian, and we've got some French in some places, so we recognize certain kinds of accents already because it's cooked into French, and so. Uh, I recognize those things, but there's some stuff that I would just see that look like German, like dots over things, and and I don't get it. And so I actually had to learn how to uh, create, like make those funny characters on Windows. Now I'm an old DOS guy, and there there was actually alt codes on a keypad. So you hold alt and you type numbers on a keypad, and it would, it would output funny characters. And the, the legendary one was the non, the, the non-breaking space, Alt-255. And, and that stuff made it into Windows. And Windows has always been a pretty international piece of software, but certainly it is now. And, so, and things are more complicated than just those little three-digit codes. Now there are four-digit codes. Uh, there's like uh, the Unicode stuff. And so I, I went looking up how you do this stuff and I learned how you change your international keyboard and I've, I've done it accidentally and it's pissed me off. Okay, so you hold the Windows key and you tap the space bar. It's just like Alt-Tab and it lets you switch between different um, keyboards. And so I actually installed a, I have an, an English Canadian US keyboard, whatever that means. So I can actually change my built-in dictionaries and stuff like that. I don't really know where those are or how those work because all my programs have their own dictionaries. And I installed a Frisian dictionary of all things. And, and I'll describe it really quick because it's an interesting thing. I knew about European keyboards. Like, and there are, are um, like, I, so for example, Britain has, does not use the dollar sign so much. And they shifted a few keys around. And so they've got the pound symbol and the uh, i mean the british pound the currency not the pound like the number sign that we use um and so they have they have keys that are a little different and that's a physical keyboard difference and that has to be mapped out at the operating system level so that you press that key the correct character appears on screen so i, I knew about that and i knew about because i knew a german guy well a polish guy in german in germany and uh, he, his uh, keyboard was, uh, certain keys were annoying for him to type, so it was a little bit of a struggle, but he, he, what he had is he had an Alt-GR key, uh, like it's a compose key, and you would, it's like an Alt key or a Control key, right? So you press it, and then you press another character, and then you get certain outputs. I don't really fully understand that technology, like how that works, but that is a very, very old mechanism of typing the funny variants of characters. So there's, there's a difference between the letter E and an E exantigu. So an E with like one, one of the sloping characters over top of it, like little lines. And you've got a whole bunch of different variations of that and different dots and little hooks underneath characters. And, and it's, there's a lot of variation. So the letter E could have more than one variation and for your phone it's just most visible so you might have to have a different keyboard for this because you can install a so if you're typing like you're in your search bar or something like that 
and, you're, and you've got your virtual keyboard up, if you hold one of your keys down, you often will get a pop-up with different variations. So sometimes like you would hold the period key down, it would pop up, you can put a comma there or a semicolon, this kind of stuff. But if you hold the letter E, you get a pop-up, and it will give you variations of the letter E. That's pretty straightforward, but there's no equivalent on Windows. And so you would have this hotkey where you would switch to an international keyboard, but you still have your, so for me, it's a, it's a United States 104 keyboard. It's pretty standard stuff, but, but I only have one letter E. I only have one of it, all the letters. So how would I physically type one of these things? Well, you have the equivalent of compose keys where you've got multiple other keys that are assigned where you press that other key, nothing happens on the screen, but it prepares the next character you type to accept that kind of accent. So for example, normally you have a single quote key, you press single quote, and then like the letter E, and it puts, it puts a line over top of it, sloping from bottom left to top right, okay? And you could do that with the letter A, and you can do that, etc. And for all the valid, well, for, for Frisian, it's vowels. And it's at the top left, you've got the back tick key. So that, and that creates, typing that in the letter does a line starting from top left to bottom right. And you can do that to me. And if you use the caret, which is the, the shift six, if you press shift six and then the letter E, it puts a little, well, in Frisian, they nickname it the, the house or the hat sometimes. Um, the roof, they call it. Uh, so you put a roof on your characters. And I'm, I think there are some other variations, like to put the two dots there, you put colon and stuff like that. And so I, I had to learn all this stuff. And it's weird because they say that when you learn another language, you end up learning more about the culture of where that language is dominant. That's That's getting to be a really weird concept. And it's never been a thing where people would be like, well, I want to learn English. I should learn about Britain. That, that never came with learning English at, at all. Nobody even thought about it, except for the Dutch, but that's a different thing. And so, but when an English primary speaker wants to learn, if I were to learn Hindi, for example, it's a really wildly popular language with a lot of people, if I wanted to learn that language, I probably learn, I probably have media in from India, for example. And I, I would learn a little bit about the culture because I would understand how certain words are used and blah, blah, blah. And the same is true for all kinds of stuff. And that's obvious. Learning from language and learning a bit of culture, that's obvious. But it was never really obvious to me how learning, because I, I learn from writing, because I'm, I'm, it turns out I'm a writer at heart. I learned that about myself. So I learned from writing, from literacy. And it never really occurred to me to understand the international, the technology problem, the international keyboard problem, to as being a, a hindrance in actually learning a language, even learning a language, not just trying to communicate stuff in actually reading in the first place. Because I have to be able to type the words that I'm seeing. Uh, I want to be able to take notes. Um, I decide to be really old school and just bring a pen and paper. 
And because I wasn't in a good mood, I'm basically a week behind my studies, which is really awful because now I've got even more. Like, I should just not be playing video games, but of course World of Warcraft has to have, to, has to have some major changes come out. So, like, I'm going to have zero free time. And I've got a birthday party to go to. I think it's tomorrow. <laughs> the day after. And i got plans tomorrow. And I'm like, oh, I have no time for any of this stuff. And, you know, but at least, at least I can see more of my floor now. Which means I have to vacuum. <laughs> I just have no time. This is kind of awful. So when people ask me, oh, you want to come out grocery shopping? No, I think I'm just going to, like drink Pepsi and starve for a little while and just try to get this other stuff done because I really do want to be caught up with this podcast that's important to me and I really do need to do some other stuff so so when I was talking about the 80% time you know 80-20 well I don't really have the 20 anymore not right now but I have that time I have the extra 20 to to burn I don't need to do my optimization right now I can actually fill that with the extra responsibilities that have come up you know Something came up in life, you know, ate too much pasta, had had the equivalent of an allergic reaction, and, you know, and I'm reco uh, recovering. I wouldn't really consider that as an allergic reaction. S something happened, right? So I had a, a, a physical reaction and I had a brain reaction, right? It, it wasn't like the pasta hurt my feelings, so my, my mind changed. It's, I got irritable, which is a brain thing for me so like that that's just that's an illness essentially is what happens so i'll go i'll go talk to a doctor and be like like what is this <laughs> you know you know i've got i've got all manner of doctors who are who are like who i'm probably frustrating by not doing the exercise that i'm supposed to like i've got a physiotherapist for my back that i probably should see mm, but um but yeah, so I'll talk to my GP, my general partner. So you call it a family doctor. I'm so used to the technical terms. So a GP is general practitioner. So it's like, a, an, it's not an unspecialized doctor, but it's a person who practices unspecialized. So for example, um, you might have a family doctor who also has a secondary interest, uh, like in dentistry or something like that. Um, and that's really really handy because sometimes you know you need good advice that's specialized and you just get lucky because your your doctor's actually got a background in that other stuff it's just that that person's not an actual dentist not practicing as a dentist not working at a practice um they're just working as a family doctor probably because it's well these days <laughs> you don't want to be a dentist these days um i knew a guy he went to the dentist recently and they made him no joke. They made him uh, like swish with mouthwash for three minutes. <laughs> he had like chip chipmunk uh, cheeks, and they were really sore. And that's right perception of that being related to uh, to to airborne uh, water droplet transmission, right? So they were being safe. They're not. I was at the dentist a few weeks ago, and the procedure was still normal, except. They used mouthwash that had hydrogen peroxide, so you had a weird aftertaste for a while. Hydrogen peroxide—that's uh—that's strange. I've actually got a bottle of hydrogen peroxide. Um, it's good for cleaning wounds, but I—I 
either it was that or something else, but what it would just had a strange aftertaste for a while and it wasn't fun. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's one of these long, it coats the inside of your everything. This <laughs> gives a little protection. But really what needs to happen is you breathe in a disinfecting mist <laughs> but then you die. So you know that doesn't really work out. Like you die, then they work on you for a while while you're not breathing, and then they resuscitate you. <laughs> it's, it's contemporary contemporary dentistry. We we actually stop your heart for a while. <laughs> that, I'm I'm just trying to think of a, a dystopia <laughs> dystopian dentistry. Somebody somebody somewhere has to make like a webcomic with that <laughs> of like of like how to deal with it. How to deal with, you know, like bypassing a person's breath. You, you like give them a pu puncture their trachea so they're breathing out of that instead. You push that through a filter and then you work with their mouth. You like cork their throat. You cork in their mouth and then you work with their teeth while they're bre breathing someplace else. I really didn't want that imagery. <laughs> now I say that because um, there was a, a conference in the United States that a bunch of Canadian dentists came back from and there were cases um, from early on there were some cases. So all of dentistry got locked down in this country while people were checked. I'm like not checked, checked, but they, we, there were contact traces and there was an investigation. And all the dentists just shut down. They just, I got a call from my dentist, like, hey, we got this appointment at such and such a time. Like, it is suspended indefinitely. We'll give you a call. <laughs> and they did give me a call. I'm like, hey, no, I can't, like, right now. Can we do it at the end of the month? They're like, no, 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 uh, November? Because <laughs> they got this backlog, right? And uh, I, that's good. That's good to hear. Um, I don't want any of these services going out of business. Um, I don't, yeah, we're going to, uh, problems, problems, man. Yeah, yeah. So we get to learn what's actually essential and what isn't. And a dental cleaning, hmm, less essential depending on how much, how much it costs. I've been, uh, I've been really good to my teeth. It was a decision I made a long time ago. Turns out I have an amazing smile and um, just, you know, one crooked tooth but uh, everything's doing great. And I've kept such good care of my teeth kind of accidentally. Just, I just brush right away. Except for this podcast. <laughs> Except for, you know, when I'm doing some other stuff. Well, um, I've gotten a bit bad. But so I don't... I, I had like 10 years between uh, cleaning appointments, which, you know, is a lot of stress on the next person. And then I had another 10-year break before I, I got to this current and now they're like oh you we really need to see you twice a year like that's uh you know let's stay on top of this they got to make money right so they're they're selling the service um and as long as i'm i'm up to date it doesn't cost a lot of money because uh i i've had friends they're americans who have dental bills that are pretty insane and it's like we're gonna come up into an era where uh spare money for quote-unquote silly things for preventable things or for whatever the heck is uh is is just financially out of reach uh, or it's 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 financially irresponsible for you to not brush your teeth basically in the long run um at any rate at any rate i actually had a note saying i should talk about teeth but i'm not sure what that was all about 
Uh, I think it was just talking about dentistry. So let me let me correct that real quick. Clickety clack, and I can edit that out of post. That's awesome. I'm I'm learning to not type while I'm talking because that has wrecked a lot of my stuff. Because I don't know how to uh, repair that out of audio. I note it, and I keep it in the the original. And that way, like, if I want to pay some professional one day, maybe the professional can clean it up. I, you know, I, I, future generations can deal with that stuff. And AI can probably figure it out one day when, when Skynet is trying to recreate what humanity used to be like and looks at my audio and goes, hey, well, I guess we'll, we'll just clean this up real quick. We'll get rid of the keyboard sounds because that's, that's offensive. Like, ooh, back when humans used computers, ah, oh, it's just wrong. And they're they're doing their their morally purging keyboard sounds from podcasts, yeah. Anyhow, um, I so I want to go back to Amazon, the Amazon, my Amazon ordering experience. And I had talked about going from Amazon CA to Amazon.com and comparing prices and in importing and and shipping and stuff like that. And I it's hard to keep that in mind, but. I do know that the when a seller participates in one of these online stores, they're actually essentially cutting. They're they're giving the service a cut. So Amazon is getting a cut. And if you've ever been a seller on eBay, which I have been, you 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 can have an opening bid. And if you if you put up well, at least it's been a long time. But it, so if you put up an opening bid, you actually give them money for the right to open with that larger bid so this is why a lot of people have like their their friend um, put in the first bid just to pump it up and if their friend bought if their friend wins like you you can shuffle some money around but uh you know you don't you don't actually do it in real life like you give it back in real life kind of thing um but am, anyhow amazon costs money and i know that and when you compare prices there sometimes there's price guarantees and stuff but when you compare prices you'll actually look at the manufacturer's website might be about the same price might be more might be less but how many people actually like walk through amazon just go explore window shop and then go find the manufacturer and see if they can buy it because it might even be hard to get contact information through amazon um so you might have to research and so I, I was poking around. So one of the things, it is now on my list to get a pair of crutches just so I can hang a little bit and help my back, stretch my back. And and they're expensive, wow. Plus I need to make sure that they can hold my weight. So these like, there are these uh, crutches that are, they're rated at 180 pounds. <laughs> like, oh, isn't that cute? It's for kids. <laughs> and uh, so you gotta get something that's like rated for, for uh, What's the next step up? Rated for 230 pounds. Like that's not just like that's cutting it a little too close. And it needs to be and the next one up is 600 pounds. Like, okay, well, fine. And of course the price goes up considerably. So I've got, you know, the the maybe list on my wish list is has got a pair of crutches. But I was looking at canes. So I've got I actually have a cane just in case my back acts funny i have a cane already so that i don't have to think about this in the future and uh it's one of these fold-up canes is a portable cane and it's I, I like it it's fine i have uh tried it most people don't even know how to use a cane 
which is how you can tell if if, if that if that limping if that limping person is playing pretend they're just carrying a, a cane because they want to carry a cane because they don't want to make it look too obvious like they're carrying a baseball bat so they've got a cane you can tell if somebody's walking a cane walking with a cane properly so if you've got one weak leg normally what you see on tv is so if a person has a weak left leg they would hold the cane in their left hand and so they would have like more strength they would kind of use the cane instead of that leg that's that's actually wrong the reverse is true so you walk as though you have two left legs so you have a cane in your right hand you walk forward with your left and you walk forward with the cane on your, your right and now you have the double you have the balance of both because the leg still works it's just weak or it's untrustworthy which is a big thing with with back issues so it's inconsistent it's it's a really strange experience to wonder if that leg will just give out with no notice because that could happen if there are nerve problems and stuff like this and so you you're actually so your right leg is the confident one you have almost like crutches is you're using your weak left leg your cane you're swinging your good right leg through planting all your weight on your right leg swinging swinging your crutches forward essentially so swinging your cane and left leg forward and you're walking kind of like that and so i i and i know this because i read the instructions like okay guys it's a little piece of paper and it's maybe annoying and maybe poorly presented but it came with my cane i read it on purpose now i understand this rather critical thing and I, I'm going and I'm reading reviews on all these other canes because I'm like, well, why don't I get like something that isn't so embarrassing, something that's fixed, something that's maybe stable, something that works in winter better, something that works on grass better, you know, this kind of stuff. I want to understand the topic because I'm probably going to be stuck with one of these things for some time. And maybe when I get older, I'm going to need one for other reasons, right? Because you see old people with canes all the time. And... So I wanted to research it ahead of time. I'll have it in my head. It might fall out of my head because I'll have better things to do, but it'll be back there somewhere and I'll have the research kind of, maybe I'll have notes or something dumb, bookmarks or wishlisted items or whatever. So I looked into this. I looked into this and um, I'm, I'm glad I did. And so I was talking about Amazon, talking about products, talking about buying on-site versus off-site and their profit i actually found a, a company that does um custom they're not custom but they do like really fancy magic wood with carved heads and stuff like that and and again with the simplicity thing because i was talking about the the signs and stuff like that it's uh i don't like flashy stuff I don't want like oh this has a dragon's head on it it's like okay no this this has a uh a, like a what would it be it wouldn't be silver so it'd be this has a polished nickel uh wolf's head like no i do <laughs> i want it to be nice be good looking to be simple i don't want it to be pink i don't want it to be like some odd color metal i want it to be like wood i want it to be you know decent and i found a place that does really really good work and i decided to go look them up because they had a reference in their store page and this is the thing i'm pretty sure there's a policy that forbids 
a seller from talking about going to their website about go about going to them outside of like the Amazon experience and so this guy this store was like selling it and it was suggesting that there are more options <laughs> and I'm like what options because there's no drop down box there's no selections there's no I can't pick something else I go to their product page their their store on Amazon like their store page has everything and I'm going through them and I'm like no I don't know what you're talking about guys like wait a second and I go you know ask ask a search engine and I find that they've got like their own they got a a really nice really nice uh, website poke through great stuff and uh, the price is very significantly different and first it's an American dollar so US dollars uh, and plus I have to figure out what shipping is like plus I'm dealing with what what happens if I get with hit with taxes and all this kind of stuff so it was kind of like uh, but it's nice to know that I should be doing that right I can use I can leverage Amazon's recommendations and even its wish listing concept and you can add notes to products to give more information and then put in links to the actual to buy it like I don't have to buy the pots and pans on Amazon I can buy them from Starfrit or something like that directly and uh, so I will I'm thinking like that a little bit more but then you're dealing with like a, maybe another account with another company and you're dealing with some other channel uh, you're, you're dealing with warranties a different way with returns a different way with and it, the relationships get a little weird this is why for example I'll buy all my computer stuff on Newegg Newegg dot well in my case dot ca for all my computer related things because I like their warranty stuff um, just make sure you do log in if you have an account make sure you log in because you can purchase things with a with a guest account but they can't take the guest guest account and its order history and insert it into a regular account which was so I've got like a couple of hard drives and I had to save like the special bookmarks for those those accounts I can't have them in my regular account they're not searchable with my regular account wow it was such a pain yeah but I had a human help me out and tell me that this isn't a doable thing which uh which I hate I don't I don't like that at all <laughs> which stinks anyhow last thing to talk about because we're running out of time um so minion so here's the thing um what I have learned to do because I talked about it is I made a separate account and I have it tied to my phone and I have notifications tied to a piece of software that checks email for me and I can use the email if I want to or in my case I usually I'll like read it and stuff and then I can go to my computer and I can like download it and do fancier stuff with it there because I don't want to stick all my e I don't want to leave all my email on the web server out in the cloud somewhere and I don't want to download it to my phone uh, I do want to download it into archives on my computer so what I do is I have a sp special email that's that works like that for notifications on my phone so I can have notifications and and I wonder if um if you want to do something similar because I'd have to have hosting figured out but what would what I could do is have email set up and you could have like phone at uh, what was or like YouTube at 
lucidindifference.com and what and your YouTube account will be set up to that and what you can do is your uh, you can also set the YouTube account to email you whenever there's like a new subscriber if you want to know that stuff or if there's ever a comment which is probably valuable right now um, so that you can be right on, so you can actually be essentially texted with this mechanism texted when somebody comments on a video somewhere um, I think you being set up like this might be very valuable for you to get on top of stuff um, I think it's weird because I've gone through videos just to you know watch them one more time and I will see people's comments that do need addressing or or could uh, could benefit from a response and you don't see them or don't react to them or don't care or I don't know what's going on with your brain so I'm I'm wondering so if you want I can actually help you with something like that that might work out well so so we're we're right about done um hmm minion uh what is the one goal you want to accomplish between now and next show can you think of something that i want to accomplish um do some general cleanup and then what does that mean do some general cleanup and there's a few things I need to change on the Twitch side and on the Twitch page, and then a few things I need to make some changes on YouTube. So you've got the playlist thing to also keep keep up on. What about looking into yes. like changing the YouTube or changing like the Twitch icon, for example, and kind of cleaning that up? Because coming up soon, prob probably in a couple of weeks, I'm going to. Uh, uh, no, okay, so first couple of weeks of next month, I will be done the final thing to prep this room because I'm going to be curtaining off one section. And then I think I will have the ability to widen out my camera view and maybe improve it. And I now have the space to go and stand if I want to. So I, But, I mean, for next show, I could probably get my camera going again. But I would like to figure out that stuff. And... Um, and that doing that kind of thing would attract attention in Twitch because I think people respond well to faces. So that's definitely something that I want to look into. I mean, that's a big, big change. And in, in order to do that, in order to pursue that, Twitch needs to be ready. It needs to look good. You need to have like the, uh, the additional buttons and widgets and doohickeys and stuff um, on the main Twitch channel. I maybe reference the website, or reference the YouTube channel, or whatever. Um, so all that stuff. As soon as you do all that stuff, I will get the video stuff done. As soon as that's ready, we look into streaming something, or putting my face somewhere, or something, something. And like, I don't care if it's your 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 click and fight uh, tablet game type of thing, or if you're grinding in Destiny, or I would rather not be the dude that plays I mean, unless i'm grinding um and part of that is uh you would need to, if we were to stream stuff you need to be aware that your account information is tied to what you're streaming and so that that gets associated with this show so you need to 
know what you're getting into. So I actually have a separate account under my name for the express purposes of streaming that limited number of things. Like I've got, I, I uh, stream Okami, which is a PlayStation 2 game that got ported to, well, Steam slash Windows, right? And so I actually have a separate account just for that. I actually pay double. And um, so I have a few games where I can, I can, I can stream them, I guess. So theoretically speaking, I can do it on my end. Uh, I would just have to figure out the OBS thing and I don't know what I would provide to Discord. So lots and lots of stuff. So so uh, I expect big things out of Twitch, I guess. <laughs> so can you, can you do that by Sunday? Yeah. Yeah. And how's your sleep going? Well, that we have a minute. We have one minute left. My sleep um so i'm passing out around 6 p.m now wow that's and waking up it went and and waking up around the next day 12 1 kind of thing but I add one nap, one short nap, and sometime during the day. Yeah. So napping is a sign of depression, and it will often wreck your sleeping schedule, because what it does is it gives you just a little bit more energy, and you're already a night owl, and you'll push yourself, and you'll stay up later and later, and all you're gonna do is you're gonna go to bed at six, and then go to bed at seven, and then go to bed at eight, and then it's eventually gonna be all oh, go to bed at go to bed at two in the morning, three in the morning. Like at some point you need to like stop and fixate on a particular time of day and then have an evening wind down routine where you stop playing games that make your brain work too hard. You like chill out or read a book, read, read. Well, I had to happen. I had to force myself to take a nap because all the games, the game, essentially playing games the entire time or at least, take off the headset because that was really affecting my ears i'm actually my hearing so it just wrecked it i i'm totally on board with that like i i'm fevering right now like i'm thinking well maybe i do need to get fancy headphones i might actually switch to um, bluetooth or something like that and just have my little buds hanging in that would be a good idea maybe i'll, I'll write that down as a, as a an accomplished i will work on that <laughs> one sec um okay so i think for next show i will have bluetooth my bluetooth headset set up and i'll, I'll try to put out two shows that's like 16 hours of work <laughs> okay so we're done this was uh what i can't windows doesn't let me do the fancy stuff so this is uh September 16th, 2020, episode 19. Uh, we're done. We're going to be back on uh, Sunday. I will see anybody listening then.